The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing and happy one year anniversary, Darren. Happy one year anniversary. You know, you don't look a day over seven months, Liz, but a happy one year anniversary to you. We've accomplished a lot, had a lot of good interviews, tons of shit in store for you. Uh, Liz, I just want to kick off this conversation by saying that you have been giving me shit for a year and our guest, uh, we can just introduce her right now, Taylor Strecker is, is on at the top of the show. Taylor, say hi. Hey girl, hey. Taylor, you know, for the past year, Liz yeah. has been up my ass about my Instagram game, which you've been on my ass for me yeah. too, and I get it, right? But yes. today, people, history has been made because I posted an Instagram and Liz said that I was really upping my game like that she was genuinely I I said you were thriving you were th- I was I thriving I which thriving. I'm taking as a compliment so I am learning in this year I have learned and I just want to say thank you Liz and thank you Taylor for being complete assholes to me to encourage me to be a better Instagrammer so thank you so much you are You're so welcome. welcome Darren I mean I'm very proud I'm knew? very proud. Who I'm knew? very proud. If I know something that the youngsters know, I'm very proud. But <laughs> to celebrate our year, Liz, we're actually going to kick it off with a different format. First off, we're dropping new episodes on Fridays so you can have a solid weekend with us. But Liz, why don't you tell everyone why the fuck Taylor Strecker is back again? Oh, no. Because she doesn't like us. That's true. I mean, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. It depends on the day. Strecker, you didn't like me this week. <laughs> no, did you tell Liz? I didn't tell Liz. No, I didn't tell Liz. I didn't tell oh, anyone. I can't wait. I, didn't tell I can't no. wait. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? I have to tell you, I'm calling in from Palm Springs this week. And ow, ow. my my wife, who, you know, also does not love the Instagram and isn't typically on it, but Taylor, who has also upped her Instagram game in the quarantine. Have, yes. The graphics little, are- we, we watched Taylor's spiral meltdown and my wife was like, oh my God, this is the funniest <laughs> thing. Look in real time. Taylor is spiraling if uh, she can, if I can hear her on Zoom, which we can't. So don't worry. We saw yes. Taylor comment in real time, but Taylor is on the show today for so many reasons. One, because she is our mother our our oh. podcasting mother if we were like look at Darren oh. shut up it's like a podcast drag, mother drag. not mother like no, like, pod is mother. Really my mother. like okay, I'm yeah. bringing drag culture into this you know she's like okay our, yes 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 she's like my idol are we the house of Strecker yes Yes. Oh my yes. God. I have never been more honored in my entire the life. House of Strecker. We are the house of so, Strecker. Done. <laughs> yes. So we are the house of Strecker. So that is why Taylor is here. But as you mentioned, Darren, we are switching up the yep. format a little bit. And I think for us, the whole point of scissoring isn't a thing is to like have fun, ask questions, talk about pop culture, talk about gay shit not talk about gay shit. And so what we wanted to do was bring in the best of the best for our cue, which is our kind of kiki in the beginning, and then really tee it up with our guest on the back half, which today to celebrate one year is Anne Heche. So buckle up, kids, because it's about to get. get. That's a good get. (laughs) It was a good get. And we, I just re-listened to the whole episode and like, you know, we pull quotes or whatever every week. And it was actually genuinely, honestly hard to pull quotes because everything she was saying, like Liz and I were just like, we're crying. We're just so happy. And like, we were freaking out a little bit. I don't know if Anne Hayes is like actually a genius, like an, a real true blue, like IQ off the charts genius. Or if she is in fact like somebody from another yes. dimension that has been brought here 
to change society, you know, or, or, or both. Yeah. Or both. Well, so. let's get, let's there get right go. into our news before we even drop into Anne Heche. Cause a couple things have dropped and, uh, Liz actually hit me with a little bit of a truth bomb right at the top of the show. Liz, why don't you just say the breaking news? I'm not even sure Taylor Strecker is aware of this I breaking news right now. Well, Taylor, as you know, we've had a lot of queer women coming out over COVID. You know, we had from a to bring Scubbery. in Bravo, we brought we had Bronwyn who yeah. announced that she was a lesbian. Elizabeth have, Vargas said she was bi, by the way, at the reunion. Yes, Let's not forget, did. Strecker, we discussed. It was not lost on me. I was yes. like, I clocked clonk that for yeah, sure yeah. yes okay so yes. she likes to you know to dip her toes in lakes and rivers and ponds great <laughs> wonderful <laughs> then we have demi lovato who just a couple weeks ago you know really came out i believe also as queer dojo siwa also came out yes. as a lesbian so lo- but lots of things have changed lots of things in have the- changed but somebody that who has been openly queer for a super long time who allegedly may or may not have checked me out Many times when we used to go out into the world is Kehlani. Kehlani has now said that she uses all different types of pronouns. She, they, et cetera. And I'm just going to use they for right now. They are a lesbian. No way. Yeah, way. This is good. Welcome. Congratulations, like Kehlani. A late lifer like me or like it's just like finally admitting it. Well, they came out as queer and pansexual for a really long time and has been very vocal. And I personally would consider somebody like an active member of the queer community. That's true. But yeah, totally. on an Instagram live yesterday, apparently just said, you know what? Like I've really come to terms with it and I'm a lesbian. What do wow. you think, Taylor? Ooh, this is fascinating. Cause I still haven't come to terms with using the term lesbian and yeah. I'm getting married in four months to a woman. <laughs> so It's interesting with the labels because when I first got into a relationship with a woman, I literally was not ready to label it. And and then once I I did some research, I was like, you know what? Pansexual. I'll stick with that. I fall in love with the person. Wait, really? I never knew you even flirted with pansexuality. You even know? Who told you what a pansexual is before? (laughs) I was going to be like, what bitch told Taylor Strecker what pan... Like, this is the first time I've ever heard Strecker even (laughs) say that term. She barely knows what a lesbian is. In fact, she says lesbian. I said (laughs) I was researching and I decided to land on that one. But I don't really know what it means. So then I like backtrack pansexual because I was like, I think that might be too fluid for me. And so like, I feel like if lesbian is training wheels, pansexual is like going down a black diamond, right? So I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am a bunny hiller at this point. So I pulled back on Pam, but then I was like, well, I I guess I'm bi, but I don't want to use that term. So then I kind of was just like, I like the term gay and whatever. Like I, I, so it's very interesting to hear somebody be so knowledgeable and then go back and say, I'm going to land on lesbian. I thought, I find that fascinating. Actually, can I ask you something that I don't think in the years that we've been friends, I've ever asked you, but is it reason that maybe you even have a hard time for yourself saying lesbian or maybe bisexual wasn't the term for you is because like you didn't want to denigrate because you've been married to a guy before. You didn't yeah. want to denigrate maybe that love like it because it, sometimes for me, like my first boyfriend, like I genuinely loved him. Like I had a great relationship with him. I literally have nothing bad to say about him. It had I did. I don't like take that time to be like, oh, I was being fake the whole time. Like I so I struggle a little bit with it. Does that play into anything that you have going on? Well, we know how wildly respectful I am about husband. So love, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, that's we really love chatter. <laughs> you never talk parts. about it. So I yeah, think it's for. about time you do. 
I think that it actually has more to do with... Oh, I don't, there, I, I, think it has, I, I think it has to do with a lot of things, maybe a little internalized homophobia. Not that I'm like homophobic. I feel like I was more pro the gay community before I was in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's easy yes. to like support other, it's like parents, right? It's like, I have no problem. You know, my parents were never like, my mom who might've had a more complicated thing with me coming out was never like, I hate other gay people. She was like, I'm right. so happy that person's gay. But when it's your own kid, yeah, it's a different thing. You know, when it's you, it's a different thing. You know what it is? It, 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 maybe it's a little internalized homophobia. I'm not going to discount that. But I do think that for me, when you use the term bisexual or lesbian, it's very like, to me, I attribute it to like sex and sexuality and sex acts. And I don't like having, I'm not like, even though I am a lesbian, I don't <laughs> like the, I get uncomfortable when I, when I think that people like envision me sexually. I don't like straight or gay. I don't want to be, I don't want that to be like a big piece of the pie in the pie chart of Taylor Strucker's life. Like I'm just not a super sexual person. All I think about, all I think about. Do you, do you feel that way about the term gay? I don't. Interesting. And I can't explain why. I don't know. There's no, there's no right answer. Feel free to school me. Cause I feel like I'm, I I could be really stepping on landmines left or right here, but I'm just. No, I don't think It's complicated. I'm working through it kind of in real time. I mean, there's one thing that I think Liz and I have really learned is like everyone's experience is entirely different. And we do feel, and we've had a couple conversations even, and I remember the Ashley Gavin specific conversation, Liz, where we were just kind of like the policing within the gay community is very hard. Like it's really, really difficult to get everything right all the time because everyone's experience is totally different. And so I'm not here to be like, no, Taylor, like the reason that you hate lesbian and gay has anything to do other than like, it's just a comfort level. And you might not have figured it out yet, but also- it's okay to not like a term too. Like some lesbians, I don't mind dyke, but some people fucking hate it. And that's just a right. preference. It's, you know, so I'm not here to like judge you on that. That's just, so it's weird. just interesting I like, that you. I lean towards carpet muncher. Yeah, I'm a dyke. <laughs> I'm I a lean. huge fan. Yeah, my, actually, I didn't want to, my preferred terminology is carpet muncher. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got interviewed by Women's Health Magazine and they kind of were going, they, they wrote an article about when you, when you fall in love with your best friend. And I'm like, okay, like whatever. Nope. But they were like, asked me what term I liked. And I said, you know, I kind of prefer this idea of like labelless love, which is the gayest thing I ever said. <laughs> but so gay. I feel like, it, I do like this idea of like, so if, and I respect you using a label. Like, I'm not like, if somebody's like, I'm a lesbian, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, good for you. But I think maybe there's some of us in the community that maybe don't want to be in a lane. I think the lane should be there for those who need them. But maybe some of us are just like floating around in outer space in another dimension with Anne Hayes, you know? And so not that she, she, well, does she it's, fit into a category? It's no, actually you, perfect actually that you perfect. Se- segue. I was going to say, we're going to get to that in about 10 minutes, probably when Anne Hayes comes on. Cause we ask her how she's labeled and she's like, she does give this and I don't want to kind of give it away cause you're going to get it, but it's a little bit of like a labeling is disabling for her. And it confines <gasps> us to too many things. And when you look at Kehlani, you know, God forbid, what if, you know, sh- who, how she described as pansexual, what are we supposed to say now? Like, you were lying? Like, you weren't lying. That right. was just your experience. You know what I mean? And it's ever-changing. Exactly. And, like, and a lot of people, especially younger people, I think, you know, when you t- describe yourself as, like, this late-in-life lesbian, I almost think that makes the most sense. Because there's Actually, a lot of things to figure out when you're younger. Like, it's not late in life. It's almost kind of the perfect timing because you met the person and you felt really comfortable to be in there. So... I don't think there should be like a proper timeline for it. But I mean, yeah, I guess in theory, like you coming out later in your 30s feels later. But to me, it's like kind of the right 
call. I don't think I think that because we would have been scissor kicking it in fucking high school. I'm drinking Midori sours and smoking Parliament lights. Too much. Thank God. Too much. Let's (laughs) too much. Speaking of potentially scissoring that may or may not happen. Liz, why don't we bring in the tea? Taylor knows about the Kardashians in every which way. So tell us a story that just recently broke uh, people being one of them, the place that I work about Addison Ray and uh, Courtney. I just want to say at the top of this story (laughs) that I was a young buck hanging out with older people. I had old friends who are much older than I am. My siblings are a lot older than I am. So I'm not really judging. Yeah, you too. too. You and your brother date people that are definitely a few couple years older than you. Darren, we're going to unpack that one time in your life. Taylor, (laughs) you're robbing the cradle with your fiance. Robbing the cradle. That's what I do. That's what you do. Uh-uh. That's what Strecker's bringing to this conversation. Okay. Yeah, yes. I like that youth. I, bawook, <laughs> I suck it from your soul. Liz was younger than me when we hung out. Fresh <laughs> eggs yeah. is what she yeah. wants. Exactly. Yes. Fresh eggs. Yes, absolutely. So, That's what she likes. I just want to say I don't have an issue with it. However, the relationship between Addison Rae, who was a TikTok star, and Kourtney Kardashian. Who's like who has- 20. She's like 20. Oh, yeah. She's you're right. So she's 21 and Kourtney yeah. Kardashian like is 40, 41, I believe. Yeah. 40 right. or 41. I will say that it was a little strange to me. And I think, Taylor, you and I have talked about this on the Taylor Strucker show. Like, was Courtney trying to get the little who's the bad who's the bad baby on TikTok? Madison, his her like oldest kid or whatever his name is, Rain King, like court jester, whatever the older kid. Mason. No, Mason. Mason. Yeah. Madison. Mason. Same, same, but different. King or Madison also fits just <laughs> for but fun. We, we didn't know if like, maybe she was trying to cultivate like a play date friendship. The whole thing was strange. Yeah. And apparently on keeping up with the Kardashians, Kim and Chloe have a lunch with Addison and they just flat out ask her if they're hooking Interrogator. up. Interrogate. Yeah. And they're like, you sleep in the same bed. Don't they say that? Don't they like accuse her of sleeping in the same room or something? I heard, yes. I, I heard a headline that, that they do sleepovers. And I wasn't sure what that meant. But the last sleepover I heard of was Brandy Glanville and Denise Richards. And we all saw how that turned out. So yeah. my head has always been going to like, I actually for a long time thought that Courtney was doing the thing that I definitely did where it's like, she's my best friend. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, and we're fucking. So, you know, I, I was like, there's something going on between these two. Cause it's just kind of, I actually weirdly think it makes more sense to be in a romantic relationship with a big age difference than it does to be friends with that big of an age difference. Mm, good call. Yeah. Do you know what yep. I mean? Well, something's I, in the water with Scott Disick and Courtney and loving the younger people. I gotta oh say God. like something about their energy relates really well to people who were like legit 20 years younger than them. But like, yeah. A friendship is a friendship. And sometimes a mentorship is a mentorship. Maybe That's they true. connected in some sort of way. And I don't know. I mean, I will say that like whatever it is, it's going to be scrutinized like to holy hell. Yeah. But I do think that girls can kind of get away with being a little like we're having a sleepover and we're best oh, yeah. friends and we're kikiing rather than like if Rob Kardashian was doing that. Right. So I don't know. Oh, actually, I, I stand corrected. Courtney is 41 and Addison Ray is 19, which makes it even worse. It does. That does make that one age, that, that one in front when of you your name, like kills one. it. Yeah. It's the one it's like, I, I think you're kind of onto something Taylor by saying it in some ways makes more sense if they were romantically 
in a entanglement as opposed to a friendship. Um, also, let's not forget the best COVID moment of all time. And that was Jada. <laughs> that was Mrs. Smith and her entanglement yeah. with August. RIP that story. Uh-huh. I mean, one of the car Jenners has to be gay by science, right? Like there's a yeah, million of them Kendall. at this point. I've been holding out for Kendall for a long time. That's a floaty rumor. We cannot confirm or deny. I would never want to out anybody and I would never want to like do that. But that has been in the ether. Like, you know, there's always those people you hear about, like Taylor Swift, I've heard, yes. has lesbian, whatever. Really? I never oh, yeah. heard that. Uh, Taylor, you've I've heard, heard this, right? I'm not coming yeah, out of 100%. Okay, left field here. And also, let's just make it clear. Like we all being lesbians, we all or bisexual or whatever, like LGBTQ plus, we all kind of out people that maybe aren't gay because we're just like, you know, we're, we we're wish. wishing it to become true. Yes, we want them <laughs> yes. in the club. Fair. We want them on our team. We don't need to be outing. We need to be like, oh my God, you're amazing. Come over to this side. Like we need you as a mascot. So, right. but yeah, Taylor Swift too, because she was hanging out a shit ton with um, Ruby Liz Rose, talk right? about her all the time. Not, well, yeah. Ruby Rose was one of them, but um, Cara DeLevingne and her were besties. Oh God. Yeah. Cara. She's I a mean. converting machine. She literally just, is. Yeah, she's got to be the number one. Yeah, she really like, she, she's she's, the, she's number three in the lineup. She's our best player. We're putting her up to bat. Every oh, yeah. game that we got, every person we're like, all right, Kara, go in. We're tapping you in because oh, neither God. one of us are doing that shit. But anyone who's on the fence, Kara DeLevingne can absolutely turn. It's yeah, really, no. God. She's but a lightning I mean, wizard. It is a difficult situation. And, and and maybe all three of us can kind of relate here trying to be in the public eye, obviously not at the level of a Kardashian, but like you don't want to out somebody, Taylor right? Taylor Strecker like, is very famous. Courtney, I don't know. Be careful. She's very I famous. I not. I hate it when you say this. She's it's very so famous. Like, I feel like you're making fun of me. You're famous. You're so famous. Um, no, no, no. You're, you're not starting. No, I have enough with her doing this to me. No, no, you're please. You're famous. You're such a petty... A petty princess, but you're no, Darren. You're gonna get us kicked off of the Taylor Strucker show. No, I'm gonna get. I literally thought Taylor was gonna text me this week, being like, "You're done," but we'll talk about that another time. Neither here nor there. Neither here I nor there. I was in my feelings, and I, I listened back, Darren. It was my fault, guys. Wow. Yeah. Not, Can we unpack that later? Because I've been feeling no, because no, I've been feeling shitty for four days, and I need to unpack. Oh no. Anyway, anyway, neither here nor there, because uh, you gotta download and join Taylor Strucker's Patreon uh, in order to hear the saga that is not actually part of the show because we clipped it out. But that's besides the point. Um, We clipped it. Uh, We'll tell you about it later, Liz. But I do think there's a little bit of like, I wouldn't want to out anybody, right? Like if Kourtney Kardashian was like, I'm bisexual, I'd applaud her. I'd be like, fucking Mazel Tov. Like, that's great. I'm totally into it. But part of me can't help when you're at that level of fame to be like, totally engrossed with wanting to know the answer. Like part of me feels so shitty about it in a lot of ways yeah, being I in a know. community and I've been outed before and I'm not saying that she's gay or bi or anything I'm just saying in that situation it's like I don't know how much of the gossip I want to eat up before I'm kind of turning the tables but on myself Kim and Chloe see that's why they have but they're the, sisters that's why they have a, right and they've had right. this show for 20 years because right. God knows all three of us knowing reality tv like one, they're reality TV gold. And two, like they know what they're doing and they are, they're crazy. Like they get on physical altercations with each other on television. So it's if anyone was going to like, it. right. You know, so it's I was us doing it. Right. Right. I so know. I was shocked that they just went balls to the wall and asked this teenager what was going 
going on and she handled it well. I mean, maybe she and Courtney really got their like stories together, but I guess I bring mm. this up because I think one, you know, Darren, to your point, point, this kind of like wanting to know being so invested in these people's lives, like lest we all forget, like Caitlyn Jenner is a part of the Kardashian. I mean, they, yeah. it's almost like nothing can shock me with these people. And they've yeah. also done great things. And I always give it up to Caitlyn Jenner. Always, give it, and I always Jenner. give it up to Caitlyn Jenner for, for her path. Absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. So yeah. I was sort of hoping that they were dating because I think like, that would be a fun twist. But I it know, doesn't right? look like Can't they are. one of the Kardashian Jenners like kids? No, it's going to happen. It's, it's got to. Numbers wise, it has to happen. There's like 50 people in that fucking family. I know. One of them has to be not straight. Wait, though. My, ha- my money's on either the little, I think there's a baby called Dream or, <laughs> or Miracle in there. And I'm, I'm putting dream. my bet on Dream. I'm putting my bets on Dream. And I'm putting my bets on King Madison. He's in the club. King Madison. Wait, I will say though, going back to the idea of like feeling guilty about like wondering and questioning and outing and like, yes, absolutely. It's a fucked up thing, but I will say, and now I'm not saying I'm famous and I'm not saying I'm we are. even near the, even near the Kardashians. But when I started digging Tay, I knew being on the air, I eventually was going to have to tell my audience. That was something I knew I had to do. Tay's your fiance, just for anyone who doesn't know the story, just putting it out there. Yep. It's not third person. I'm not engaged to myself, but I feel like. You would be. Yeah, yeah, you would be. (laughs) You would be if it was socially acceptable, gotta say. (laughs) Oh, are you kidding me? I hate myself. I would never marry this (laughs) mess. So, but I really like, I remember knowing it was my it was a part of my job. And I actually got to a point where I was like, if I don't tell the audience soon, it's going to hurt my career because my career is sharing my life. And that's my, that is a part of my job. So oh. I understand not wanting to out somebody. If somebody had outed me like the first couple months that we were dating, I would have like flipped my shit. But the truth is I knew eventually it was coming and I delayed it. Not well, cause I was scared, but I was more about like my parents. I was like, we were working through it and I knew that they couldn't handle it publicly yet. So like I had to get good with them and have them be good with us until I could actually like share with the audience. But I was getting frustrated with them. Like get on board already. I got to like, I got to include the audience. So with that being said, I don't think it is so crazy for us when, with these celebrities to want to know, I, I, I don't think it's us wanting to out somebody. It's a different playing field. It's a different level. Yeah, I guess so. And it's also not like, not that anyone should be outed necessarily, but there is a level of scrutiny. I think that celebrities and people who are in the public eye should deal Mm -hmm. with otherwise than people who remain anonymous. Like I wouldn't, you shouldn't just be outing like a random coworker to fucking out a random coworker, but like the Kardashians have put their entire lives on there. So I do think there's a reasonable assumption after 20 fucking years that we would want to know whether or not Courtney's sleeping with a fucking 19 year old girl. Fair. 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 And (laughs) and to wrap up this cue, because it it was so perfect what the news was this week. And Taylor, you kind of were nodding to how Anne Hayes, who's a fucking queer icon. Let's just like, she's a queer. She was the first, like, for our generation, I felt like along yeah. with Arnell and that story was like the first we ever saw of it being like, holy yeah. shit. And the public is obsessed with it and wild. Well, and, you know, talking about outing, it was so, you'll hear in this episode, which is so interesting, Anne's feelings and memories and emotion towards that relationship, which is she was like 
they don't want me to be out. You know what I mean? They're really trying to keep me in the closet. Nobody wants this to be known. And she really felt so in love. And, you know, all those feelings that when you first meet someone and all the hormones are going and you're excited and you're famous and you're in a movie about volcanoes and you're like, fuck it, I'm going on the red carpet. And here's the Vanity Fair Oscar party on Saturday. I'm famous. Like, that's the kind of regular ass shit I do. You're coming with me. I mean, it's so interesting because she was like, this is what it was. Like, why would I hide that? And so many people wanted to hide her. And again, I don't want to bury the lead, but I really hope you guys enjoy and take away. I think what Darren and I really took away from, from the episode, which was kind of this idea, like sometimes being so free and being yourself terrifies the shit out of people. Well, yeah. A lot of people hate out of fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what and, I took away from it. No, I did too. And there's just a a little uh, teaser is that we kind of learn the famous actor in Hollywood who stood by Anne when she was going through kind of her coming out own adventure and who basically told Hollywood execs that he wasn't going to do the movie unless they hired Anne. So take a listen to this episode with Anne Heche to discover who that person is. Uh, But we were surprised and very impressed. Right, Liz? If you you remember who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Fucking Hollywood gold. So Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the queue. And Streck, where can people find you before we get to Anne Heche? You can follow me on Instagram at Taylor Strecker. You can listen to my podcast. It's free. Uh, Taste of Taylor with Dear Media. Or you can subscribe to my brand new Patreon, The Taylor Strecker Show. These two jabronis are on it with me. And uh, amongst 10 <laughs> other amazing co-hosts. And yeah, you just uh, it's a daily talk radio show or talk show. So Sign up, please, and thank you. So I'm not fired. You're not fired. Yes. You can still, okay. You can this still is come back. God, I, I need to, can we stay on after we will, the, after we, we, will we will. Like, what Strecker the thinks- hell happened? And just to be clear, Darren and I will discuss this next Wednesday on the Taylor Strecker Show, okay? Yeah. Because we were going to talk about it, and now we are. So I'm just, I want well, the audience to know we couldn't air it because it was just uncomfortable. No, it was Bethos. It was Bethos as Strecker. Would say. It was uncomfortable and Bethos, and I'm glad we did it. But uh, Strecker, thank well, you so much for joining us today for the queue. Liz will tell you later, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy and Heche. Today, we have the incomparable Anne Heche with us. She is an accomplished Emmy Award-winning actor with a wide-ranging body of work. Heche was seen on ABC's Dancing with the Stars, Hello, In the Vanished, where she co-stars with Thomas Jane. Other recent feature films include Best of Enemies, where she starred opposite Taraji B. Henson, Hello, and Sam Rockwell, Hello, and My Friend Dahmer. Oh my God, she's been in Wild Card. She's been in films Catfight opposite Sandra Oh, Alicia Silverstone, The Last Word with Amanda Seyfried. I mean, she's been everywhere. I could read this bio for days, Liz. Uh, and I think you and I, I are know. practicing the doing it well. Is like, it's nine pages. I think it's 33 pages, actually, oh Darren. God. I think it's 33. All I'm that like, does is tell you how much older than you guys I am. That's all. <laughs> no. See, the opposite. And I would actually say that it shows that you've been goddamn working like crazy. <laughs> And consistently for a very long time, which is incredible and such a range. You've also been on <laughs> my favorite show ever, Nip Tuck, which I could do a whole podcast oh, and ask you about that. 
Let, let me just say, I'm rewatching all of Ally McBeal right now because it was my favorite show as a kid oh, and is also on that. And it needs to be said that you've been nominated. Uh, you had three Emmy nominations and you have a win. You've been nominated for a Tony for Best Performance by a Leading Actress. She's on her way to an EGOT uh, for her performance as Lily Garland in 20th Century, which was absolutely incredible. And she recently reprised this role with Alec Baldwin for a one-night event at the Roundabout Theater. You live in L.A. with your two sons, Homer and Atlas. Oh, I have to say... Best kids' names I've heard ever. <laughs> Are they from books or did you just like Odyssey? Like what where was the origin of the name? Because Atlas comes from one of my favorite books of all time. So I wanted to know Which where is- Atlas shrugged. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you yeah, like yeah. Hand. I do. I am a fan of Ayn Rand, but I just like her 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 work as well. Where did Atlas and Homer come from? Well, I, I wish it could be because I was so intelligent. The funny thing is that's why I thought people would make fun of me. I'm like, great tragedy. I know nothing about it. Uh, Homer <laughs> came from, I got my pregnancy test on the way in an RV from Los Angeles to Michigan to go meet my ex's grandmother who had nicknamed herself Homer because she didn't want to be called grandma. And she told, apparently, according to the legend and lore, she did, <laughs> Uh, told long, boring stories. So the nickname that they that the sons gave her was Homer. So all of the all of the grandchildren grew up grow, uh, calling her Homer. I found out I was pregnant. Whatever came out was going to be Homer, girl or boy. Atlas is seven years younger than Homer, although they are only five days apart. They're both Pisces, both born in March. When Alice was about five months old inside, I was uh, waiting in the car for for James, his dad, to go and get me a cup of coffee. And in the car, it was like sitting, having this moment, and I'm like listening to music and rubbing my belly. And all of a sudden, it's Atlas, like Atlas. And like, bloop, up and out comes (laughs) Atlas. And I knew that there was some correlation between Homer and Atlas somewhere. Like I knew it was Greek something or other, and they were both like big now. But all I could think about was Addy and how cute that name would be, Addy. So James comes back to the car and he has me coffee. And I say, what do you think about the name Atlas? And as he's sitting down, he goes, everybody's going to make fun of you. You know nothing about Greek tragedy. And (laughs) I said, I know, but I like this name. And he said, absolutely not. (laughs) The next day he woke up. He's like, I can't get this damn name out of my head. I said, well, your son named you. And then a year, okay, four years later, I was in Greece with Atlas and Homer in a cab. The cab asked my, you know, what are my son's names? And they well, Homer and Atlas, he goes, Atlas and Atlas was younger at the time. He just turned 12. And he goes, Atlas, how'd you, how'd you give this kid that name? A name that holds the world on its shoulders. And Atlas looked and he goes, I named myself in her belly. I love it. (laughs) And that's what I I always said. He named himself. So that's the story of why I know nothing about Greek tragedy other than what happens in my family. I love it. I love it. And speaking of naming yourself, something that we do, Anne, because I feel like as one of the many reasons why Darren and I started this podcast was all of the assumptions placed on us for a variety of reasons. Yeah, Um, like what? You wouldn't have any idea about any of that, Anne. No, no, no. People placing assumptions on you, right? Well, and so, you know, whether it was like with me, you know, people were so offensive that I consider myself bisexual with Darren, people would say things like, you're too pretty to be gay. All the, and yeah. also, oh, is scissoring is a thing. Is it a thing? Is that all women do? So we thought to yeah. ourselves, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There's so many men in television, as you know, it's time for us to have a show where we can have a space where we can discuss things that perhaps, I don't know, other people wouldn't. So we always give our guests the opportunity to 
identify themselves, whether that's gender or sexuality, would you mind for us and the listeners letting us know how you would like to be identified? Well, I like the name Anne. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And but when it, when it, when it comes to gender identity, I, I obviously have some opinions about this, this separation and delineation that, that labeling does to us. Sure. And I feel like that tends to separate more than it tends to bond. And my last name is H. So it's spelled H E C H E. My belief is that we are everything that we are both male and female and that we get stuck on what that gender is. And then that leaves half of the other people for us to judge, you know, I'm this, so you're not that. Well, I'm at my name is spelled H E C for Charlie H E. But if you put the C and I don't know if you can see this, if I can do it, if you flip it, which I always talk about my life in the flip side and go from pain to joy, everything's a flip side for me. So, so if you flip the C, it looks like an S and I consider myself a he, she, I consider us all things, he and she together. Love it. Okay. Wow. Well, thank yeah, you. You can join the he, she gang if you want. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm involved. I'm so in, you know, <laughs> I think there are more like us than we do with then than we would admit. Uh, exactly. Well, I will say this cause we're going to have to take it back because obviously like You've been a figurehead for quite some time. I am 32 years old and I came out as gay when I was 19. And of course, you know, you and Ellen's relationship was really the first relationship that I got to see publicly of something where it was like, oh, this is something I never knew I could even do or something I wasn't sure was even an option. The labeling that was put on you then, did you care? Like, how did you react to people probably mislabeling you all the time because you're not a lesbian, or at least you don't identify as one. So what was that like for you back, certainly back in the late nineties? Well, first of all, congratulations for coming out at 19. That's a bad in of itself as a young, young age and, and mature. Thank and you. as you're commenting on um, the impact that Ellen and I had, it, it almost, it is more, I'm, I was going to say, I have, I'm, I'm able to be more eloquent about it now than I was then. Although that pause <laughs> will tell you that maybe not so much. <laughs> uh, there are things that I think need to be understood about that time with Ellen. One, I, I went to the volcano premiere with Ellen four days after I met her. And when I was told that if I took her to the premiere, that I would be fired from my movie picture deal that I had with Fox at the time, I was so shocked by the reality that still existed. Ellen came out. So that, that was a Sunday night. I met her Tuesday night. She came out on her show. Thursday night was my volcano premiere. So it was a very fast Turn around to standing week. for equal rights in such a big way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a big yeah, week. Big week. Yeah, a big week. And I met with Harrison Ford on that Tuesday morning that Ellen was coming out, and I was told that I wouldn't get six days, seven nights as well. So Disney was not going to hire me, and Fox was going to fire me. Both of which happened had it not been for Harrison Ford, which is another hero story of mine. But if it had not been for Harrison, I wouldn't have gotten the movie. So he became a real part of my ability to even be sitting here still because the impact of that movie and that time was merged in a way where the biggest movie star in the world, basically, Harrison was saying, I don't give a shit who she's sleeping with, which made everybody just go agog, like, wait, what? How does he not care? So that was a big deal on that movie and big deal for him. And my impact was not only did I get fired and blacklisted and didn't do another movie for 10 years, another Hollywood picture. So uh, that means studio movie. So most of my IMDb of that 10 years was me crawling my way back to being able to put food on the table for my kids. 
I really, you know, it's like thanking a lot, you know, Hallmark. Thank you, Hallmark. Thank you, Lifetime. Allie McBeal that came in, um, people came in and did really try to make it clear that how I was being treated was not in the realm of full consciousness. Let's talk about that. (laughs) But the other thing that people don't understand really is why the Ellen and Ann story is so different. Even though we were together fighting for what I call complete and equal human rights, really what I was fighting for was the choice that we have, the empowerment of choice to choose who we want to love. And what Ellen's particular fight was, was to embrace who you are when you're born. Now, even those those two things intersect, one has choice at its root and the other does not. So what has happened over the 20 years in the course of my studying, why it was that people get ostracized for talking about love and talking truth and why I was basically shunned from the place and space that held in history a time that said, oh, these two fought and together you looked at what happened to us. One of us went up in another direction, being in the same in the, in the line that they were in, that being Ellen, although I'm the one who told her to do a talk show. She likes talking to famous people. So <laughs> so there was that one thing. And the other thing was that the story and the root of what it really was that I was trying to crystallize was not heard. And that's mainly because people get confused when there are two messages, even if they are boldly intersected, just like in the suffragettes, women fought for the right to vote. I don't know if you know, there was another woman, the first woman to run for president. Her name was Victoria Woodhall, and she was the first woman to ever speak in the Senate. She came into that. She was an extraordinarily bright woman who came into the fold of the suffragettes and wanted to have women have the right to divorce. Well, the suffragettes went, what? hey, stop, get out. We're on one kick here and this message is clear and we don't want it muddied. In a similar way, that's what happened with Ellen and me in the March on Washington and what was happening because I was speaking about love as a component of any life choice that you have and your ability and your strength to choose being your greatest superpower. And that's what I've been studying for 20 years. First of all, how does that get confused? Second of all, why are we still in the balance of wondering why more love isn't better Why do we treat each other with 50% capability to love and what that gender barrier is? It doesn't make any sense. The universe doesn't say to us, you know what? You come in, you get half of what that person gets. And therefore we're equal because we all have half a choice. Half a choice is not a hundred percent. And our, my understanding of love is that it doesn't come with a fraction. You can love who you want to love. Will you begin with yourself? That 100% commitment is the choice that we have. So it's been 20 years to really be able to sit here. And when you say label, that has been the struggle of overcoming what it is to be put under any microscope for anybody's business for any reason and be told that it's okay. So what I've spent my life doing since that moment is really trying to figure out a way to communicate about what choice actually means. And the power that got delivered at that time, which was now 20 years ago, to say, I feel very grateful to be sitting here and understanding that I'm starting to be given the chance to be asked to be in a position where people are understanding what it really is that I'm about. And it's about the choice to love. 
Amen to that. I saw the interview. I think it was Good Morning America around the press tour of Dancing with the Stars. And that's when you started talking about, or I saw about the volcano premiere, everything you kind of just laid out. Yes, yes. In that time, you know, Darren and I talk about kind of sometimes the differences between it, quite frankly, and homophobia from women and men. And I know we're, I am talking about binary here, but did you feel more or less judgment from the industry folks that you were dealing with, whether they were men or women? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I have felt, especially in my life, especially because I've quite frankly been married to men and I'm married to a woman now. I've, I'm a little bit older than kind of the Gen Z kids who are like, whatever, I'm non-binary. I'm like, well, no, when I, back in my day, I just said I wanted to love who I wanted to love, which is, sounds like we're similar in that sense. But I've felt this commodification with my sexuality, particularly from men and some homophobia that way. But at the same time, a lot of women get bothered by it. Did you feel a difference more or less or kind of the same? Yeah, I was 100% hated. I, I, I don't say that lightly. And, and hate is a strong word. I said that more as a joke. But there was pretty much, you know, 100% in the most compassionate way I can say it fear about yeah. me, what right, I was right. saying, who right. I was saying it to, and how open about it I was. And how magnificently empowered I became. I think we hit, we always talk about hitting a fork in the road and that being the, the biggest choice that you make. When somebody dangles a character, a carrot in front of you that says, from the outside, this carrot represents everything that you, anybody could ever want. Fame, romance, money. You're working with the biggest movie stars in the world. You got limos and whatever it is that was being dangled in that carrot from the outside was anything that, I mean, I'm, I'm a white trash girl from Ohio. I was raised in a cult. Are you kidding? I used to be homeless. I've got this carrot now that goes, here, you eat this. You're going to have everything you want, except one thing, which is telling the truth. Yeah. What is the amount of power that that holds for you? What is the value of your life and your life choices? We don't ask ourselves very often what matters to us. We don't ask ourselves what we want. We don't ask ourselves what the repercussions of that is going to be. And if it is worth it to us to make, take that risk. So doing it in front of everybody was like, what the hell? We haven't even seen anybody. First of all, why would she do that? Second of all, why would she ever give up the things that we think are of value and third, and then be placing another value called choice and love on top of that, which are two things we don't understand and we definitely aren't asked and certainly don't want to watch anybody do in front of our children because if that person does that in front of our children, by God, our children are going to think that they have the power to choose, that they have 100% capacity to love whoever they want to love. And I'm not comfortable with that. So I'm going to make sure that my kids don't think that this is a valuable person to be watching. Right. It's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes after somebody that deposits a new concept into the world. And I was not prepared for it. If you ask, like, what was it like? It was stunningly difficult. The person who fired me from Fox was a gay female woman. I happened what? to have turned her no. down. Wait, now, wait, 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 wait. You turned yeah, it down you before know this. Truth? This is how it goes down. That's the truth. That is the I'm truth. Floored. The minute before I got on the sidewalk for the red carpet, which is a sidewalk, by the way, is a sidewalk. <laughs> you walk on it, on it, okay? If you're not in the studio business, sometimes you walk down 
an orange carpet or whatever it is, the color they allow you when you are at a film festival and you're lucky enough to have one of your films get in and it can be red, yellow or purple. It is not red. Anyway, they're all sidewalks. To be told by a gay woman that if I go, I will be fired. Now remember the timeline because only two nights before Ellen had come out. Right. Two nights before Ellen told me not to go with, she said, don't do it. Don't take me. Don't do it. You just met me. Don't do it. There was no possible way, no possible choice in my life that you ever could have put in front of me if you knew anything about me at all that would say there was a different choice for me to make. Me and my God, my understanding of what is true and what is right and my commitment to making the decisions that follow that truth are 100%. I don't fuck around. I did not come from where I came from to have a little bit of not telling the truth in me. Unfortunately, when you don't know that about me, you get caught with me and I go, too bad. I'm going (laughs) anyway. Now that has consequences. But when you talk about male, female, it's not, you can just level all of that playing field with the fear that people have around them is the capacity that they have to see you. So if you're not gonna, if you're not understood or received, it's because the capacity isn't yet embraced. That's something I've come to learn and understand. That woman, unfortunately, didn't have a very big capacity and thought the truth could be destroyed with the ignorance of firing somebody. Unfortunately, that didn't happen to me. I don't get buried. That's not the way that it works. But Love takes a long time to prevail. It needs an understanding of its intelligence. It needs its understanding of community. It needs its understanding of partnership that I now have with Heather Duffy. It takes your children being able to stand by you when you are going to Nova Scotia to do a movie in the middle of winter to put food on your table and your agents are telling you not to do it because it's beneath you and you haven't been in a studio picture in five years, but they can't get you in the front door to Fox now anymore, can they? Because that executive is now in a higher position. Yep. So the praise that I have for you guys doing what you are doing, being able to speak the truth to your generation and community and those that will come next is the boldest decision you could possibly make to come out at 19 years old. I stood on the steps of Washington. Now, here's the thing. I was talking to a million people who are out and standing up for their rights. Now, this is not the moment to stick your foot in your mouth and go, why don't you guys come out and understand the choice of love? Now, that <laughs> was, a, that, you know, I could have met her when I said both of those things side by side. I might not have been ostracized as much, but still the impact of truth And the impact goes where you do not understand. It goes into your hearts, you guys. It goes into whoever has the fucking brilliant life that says to themselves, you know what? I can be whatever I want to be. And if I was a part of that in any way, I wear that as my greatest badge of honor that I could represent that in the world. That to me is the most important thing in the world. And I see it in your faces. And that makes me have all the graces of everything that says, you know what? It takes some time, but people are listening. People are listening. They will listen to your truth and I hear your truth and say, congratulations. That's what I call one plus one equals three. There's more together when we speak the truth and it's more powerful. And as you guys keep on doing and shining your voices all over, you're going to have a better, better society than one that we came into. I'm going to have to get an Anne Hage tattoo after this, by the way, right (laughs) on my ass. And on one cheek, on the other, he's happening, baby. (laughs) Did you know, I mean, it's so hard in the moment, but did you know how important it was what you were doing for people like Darren and I? Because that's the thing is we talk about visibility so much much on this show. I mean, one of the many reasons why we're doing this is because I want 
little queer girls who maybe are super feminine and obsessed with hair and nails and makeup like me to be into it. Or, you know, libertarian, little libertarians around that are in love with Darren. Like we want that visibility, but you really like changed. I mean, not to get too sentimental and also I'm PMSing, but you really changed our lives. Gay girls PMS? Yeah. (laughs) Gay girls don't get their period in. my house is. I feel like all my house is, is like a period, is like if someone's on their period or someone's PMSing, like that's all that happens. Too much estrogen in that house. But no, I mean, like your lovers. Yeah, exactly. No, but really, no, and in all seriousness, and it was so important and thank you for going through that. And thank you for being so honest. And we know that it wasn't easy, but it was so important for people like Darren and I, like, did did you you know at the time momentum? Yeah. Did you feel the impact as it was happening? I mean, this is still something that's talked about today. I felt the impact of like a train wreck. I mean, I was thrown in front of, uh, I mean, it went from bus to truck to train. It was a tough, it was, it was tough there's one thing that comes with belief and belief is it's extraordinary superpower is that it overcomes the fear that you're fearing that you don't have the understanding of truth that you have. Like, wait a minute, I'm talking about love and it's being, it's being questioned as something that's better for our society. Like that is one of the things we don't tend to do when we're hearing things is one, listen, (laughs) And the other is to put ourselves in the driver's seat of what we feel or think about it. Because if we do actually break down the truth or put whatever it is that we're witnessing into the size of a sentence, first of all, we have to pick the words that we mean. Second of all, we have to put our opinion in it because it's our own sentence. People don't do that enough because that makes things very logical. If anybody ever said like, oh, you know why Anne was kicked out of Hollywood? Because she actually came out and said that she, you should love whoever you want. Oh, let's kick her out. You're, you're like, yeah. wait, what? It's so crazy. Go. It's like, where, uh, there's one thing if you can add like, you know, she, and she was, oh yeah. And plus she was bad in the volcano movie. Like it's a movie about a volcano in Los Angeles. They were walking around like she destroyed the movie. You can't destroy <laughs> a volcano movie. It's already bad. <laughs> it's called volcano. It's already, like what, anything else you put on it that has me in there, the equation is not yeah. my, I can guarantee you, and not oh my, my fault. God. Okay. No, it wasn't. It doesn't do well. Although it was number one, but whatever. It's definitely not because of what happened on the sidewalk the night that it got premiered. Okay. Right. The movie tanks. However, that's a kind of ignorant statement to make because it did have something to do with it. And that is the impact that you're talking about. Nobody had ever seen a girl, let alone a straight girl, let alone a movie star say that they were gonna go out with the same sex. Everybody knew to shut that up. What was she doing? What was I doing? Well, well, crazy. The word that we use to, to describe what it is between us and the truth. That's crazy. I don't understand it. Crazy. The word that I use, I don't get it. I can call you crazy. Okay. Well, people did, but the fact is the other superpower we have, we don't pay attention to truth. One making sense of our world is a very endearing thing to be able to talk about now in the way that I do. We need to make sense of ourselves and our life and what we are being told. But what that takes is a huge commitment to yourself, which says I matter. I matter in what's going on here. (laughs) My opinion has weight. My opinion is of value, meaning 
I am an human being that is of value in what it is that is going on. So when I hear from you guys, what I hear is that you were valued for yourselves by the truth that I spoke. Yes. And in speaking that truth, I was able and given the privilege of standing up and showing it to the world. Did I know what was happening? I didn't even have a TV. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I had no idea what paparazzi were. It made a 0% sense to me. And making sense of that became very difficult, became the study of my life. What happened? Why such a big deal? Well, that shows the power of love. It shows what you guys can turn around. Love being a very logical thing that says, I am 100% me, you are 100% you. Let's start there with that respect. That allows me to choose anything I want to choose about or around you. I can say no thanks to you, but I am still saying you are 100% you. And if we start that foundation, that is the pathway and my understanding of what Heather and I do together on Better Together, creating the pathway and established lines of communication that are logical and truthful and joyous that say with you being 100% you that I can stand in front of you and say 100% no, because I'm looking at you with my capacity to love. And if I can get that back and we can give and receive that, that is a life of what being better together is about. Well said. Hi guys, I'm Heather Thompson, host of In My Heart podcast. In My Heart started with the concept of conversations with friends, experts, learning more, encouraging independent thinking, and digging deeper into topics to inspire new perspectives. My vision and mantra for life is finding my freedoms and following what drives my light, energy, and happiness and allows me to shine. I really want that for you too. Please join me each week as I speak to old friends and new about all of the things in my heart, our experiences, and how we find our freedoms together. New episodes come out weekly, every Tuesday, wherever you stream your podcast. See you then. You know, you're an artist and part of your job is to play roles that aren't who Anne Heche is as a, as a person. And like I said, I'm rewatching Allie McBeal and when I watched it <laughs> as it came out. Yeah. When I watched it, when it came out, it was like my favorite show. My mom and I would yes. watch it every single week, you know, like Lucy Lou, Portia de Rossi, you, yeah. like these were the stars of, of my childhood. And as I rewatch it now with a 2021 lens as a 32 year old gay woman, some of it still holds up. The writing is great. You know, yeah. the, the, everything is great. But there's a lot of misogyny in it. And there's actually a lot of these weird homophobic kind of undertones in it. You know, really? so Allie and Lucy Lou are kissing to, you know, as kind of like a, as an experiment to get these guys away from them. How much of your art do you want to reflect like how the world should look? And, and how much should we look back on that art that you did and sort of say like, oh, that's that's not good. Cause that was, that was fine in 1998, but maybe not in 2028. You know, how much of that is, should be up to date because I'm kind of just appreciating it as a nostalgic watch, not as uh-huh. a, you know, as a time stamp on what sure. life should be like now. Yeah. I would still be twitching. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Uh, well, our, our, I mean, obviously everything, you know, evolves and I, I, I take your question being very meaningful. We don't, 
what came to my mind when you were asking was how interesting it might be to go back and go, hey, David E. Kelly, who wrote How I Could Feel, could I yeah. come back and do that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it would right. be so interesting if our art could evolve and then we could go back and redo it. I guess that's why we do remakes. But the impact that, that we're talking about in art is that its stepping stones can never be missed. We don't, unfortunately, with ourselves, with cleaning up our own lives and how we feel about ourselves, you don't get to skip steps. And it's the same with love and conscious thought. Unfortunately, we don't get to skip steps with ourselves or others. Thereby, we don't get to skip it in terms of who we give our money to at a bank. We don't get to give it to how people are mistreating people there. With you know, It's not just the, uh, the art industry where you look back and go, wow, people have been held back for years and years and years and years. Women have always been mistreated and put on the block to, to get rid of when they speak too loud or too proud. Again, in our history, one of my greatest Badges of honor is to be able to talk to you too, because what it says is, you know, when you put yourself forward into the step that nobody else has made, that it has its own destination. That's the power of stepping forth with something new. No, the fact of the matter is, guys, you do not know that you are impacting anybody. You are being told that you're not. You are being told that you are not liked. You are being told that you are being almost like a disease of something that is uh, by the way, I wasn't legal to love Ellen. It was illegal. Yeah. So do you know? No, that's the risk that you take when you stand up to be a voice in the world that, by the way, sometimes feels like a calling, you guys, and sometimes feel like I'm eating mud. Yeah. It does not have a like, oh, yes. When you came on, like, Argh. No, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like, oh, good. I'm really glad that the, the, the 12 to 15-year-old beauty lesbians are going to really feel proud of themselves when they're 30, 31, 30. No, 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 no. You have no idea because you're the first step. So there is no book right. or something coming back at you going, there's nobody in front of me going, guess what? When you get to 10 years, it's going to be so much better because you're going to find some fans. Right. No. Yeah. And the world's going to look different. <laughs> and the world's going to be different and you will look and you will be a part of that. And it, it, and that comes later. In fact, that only comes, I can build myself in my own belief system, but but it, it comes now. The, the bounty and the beauty of making a decision that now grounds me in the fact that I am a human rights activist. I have been yeah. my whole life, have stood up for it bigger than some, not as big as most, benefits you because you didn't die and you get to be able to continue to talk about it, have a partner who comes into your life who says, let's really talk about it and let's do it in a way that can be heard, which is why now we have Better Together with the other as a podcast. Your survival is what makes you understand the impact. And then in your survival, you get to talk to people who have been impacted by you. And that then starts to feel the float. And it doesn't feel a float, I will tell you, in my personal <laughs> experience, until about 20 years after where I can be sitting with you guys and starting to feel the joy. It is, it's a difficult journey to choose to be an activist and a, and, and a speaker. And it is the most glorious, in my opinion, that you can make. I'm honestly very touched that you're even saying that. And I'm, I'm wonder where this sort of like fearlessness of you kind of comes from. And I wonder how you, how you kind of take the origin of it. Like, why people care so much about who you're sleeping with or whomever anyone is sleeping with and people being obsessed with it and almost offended by it. For you, Ellen came out as a lesbian and as sort of kind of been, you know, 
not dating men since then, you're not <laughs> the same way. And so I think I'm he only sure- dated one guy once. Right, exactly. It was in an elevator and I think it ended there. You know, (laughs) and for you, I think people look at you and they're like, part of the fear came out with like, wait, is she into guys? Is she into girls? I don't know. Does it matter? This and that. So is it really the fear of the unknown that we're talking about? Or do you think people are just stupid? And yeah, and finding that you can be successful and happy and not having this mainstream way about you, I think really complicates people's opinions of how they grew up. You know, like, that's right. I think you challenge people's normity. And I think that's why they hated you. And that's why they don't like you. Do you do you agree with that? Yes. I, 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 yes, 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 Darren. Yes. 10 minutes for me to get a question out. You know, know, it's it's funny. I went back and, and I, I looked at a couple of interviews that you did. I also keep thinking the nineties were like 10 years ago. Do you ever do that? No, we all do that. No, no, you cannot say the nineties are 10 years ago. Either one of you do not own that right. (laughs) just right here and i was smoking cigarettes in the 90s so okay okay. all right all right right. i was wetting my bed so i don't have a right to that okay that's fair that's but right now you know paris hilton has been very vocal about a lot of interviews that she did in the late 90s early to well really for her i think er, mid to early 2000s a lot of late night like really cringy cringy uncomfortable interviews and i went back And I looked at an interview that you did in 2007 with David Letterman and you handled it. So well. His stupid fucking questions, like the pro that you are. Yeah. But what I loved about it is it was many years. I mean, I don't even know the exact, it was like 97 that you and Ellen dated, right? Or something like that. And it's 10 years later, like you mentioned, and he's still asking you, which I'm sure everyone who's listening can agree. Don't we all love being asked about one of our exes for the rest of our fucking lives? He said to you, are you still friends with Ellen? And you beautifully punted back. Well, are you friends with all of your exes? How hard is it to not tell someone be like, are you fucking for real? This was so long ago. Or did you feel like it was important to still show who you who you are, talk about it, love and show the progression of your life? Well, there's two things that I want to do, which is combine this with the other question, because I didn't answer it by saying yes. I mean, yes, is the answer. And sometimes it's appropriate and complete. But in this particular instance, I didn't answer the question where people get caught up is defining, in my opinion, a portion of the of the pie. So the portion of the pie that gets focused on and was focused on when I was with Ellen, the portion of the pie was, my God, she can lick pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Who does that? As if being not a lot of men dick is yeah. any less confusing. <laughs> or not gross, by the way. Well, this one I won't be able to do, but that one I will. So our point of view that came in to that was, gee, like what women were going, what? Not me. I, I think it's the most hilarious thing. Like women are like, I could never really, but you could go down on like 10 guys in college with absolutely no problem <laughs> and up dicks and fucking balls in your face. And you're like, this I get? Yeah, I'm on this ride. Yeah, hell no, not a pussy. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, oh, crazy. Equally as confusing. Ellen said to me like, well, you know, we go back the first night. She, actually, if I didn't keep dating her, she would have been my first one night stand. 
And she's like, you know, I'm like, dude, if going down on you is going to be the issue about what's weird, then I've yeah. never been in a relationship because that part I think I can handle. What the <laughs> fuck else is going to go on is going to be its own journey. Fair. So Amen. To me, I'm like, people focus on that part of the pie. Right. Tells me that that portion is their capacity to look at what the whole picture is. Now I'm going to join the next section of that question. How fucking long is it going to take for people to go that going down on somebody is not what life is about. So to focus on it tells me how limited our capacity to look at life and what it is about is about what you're telling me and your questions and your childishness or your things I want to like is that that's how big our capacity is to actually understand a choice that should not have been a big deal. So my study became, why is it such a big deal? Okay, I then became the person who was like, we are still a decade later wondering how me as a, oh, as this girl could go down on a woman. That's how far we've grown. Okay, I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it because representing and being a part of it and being a part of its verbiage it's like is what's teaching us how far we've come and where we need to go it's our only teacher if we tell the truth about it the facts kept coming to me nobody's passed the fact that you could actually have two different body parts in your mouth ah! how horrible how horrible the horror <laughs> call the press and they did they called and over they did and over and over and over and over and over to wonder how that's possible so what does that do? I, I begin, I and began to understand that my presence scared the fuck out of people huh. because of its representation of if you want to go that far, you haven't gone far enough in what it is that I'm here to talk about. But I will spend my time and every waking fucking second that I have, and I spend out a lot of hours awake figuring out how to open up the pie pieces so that we look at a bigger picture of what it is that makes us afraid when we think about doing something that your siblings didn't do or people in your school didn't do, or your surroundings didn't do. We cover each other in cloaks of shyness and shame and, and non-speakable body parts and all of these things that we cloak our children in are what's norm. So we need to take the time to uncover those pieces in is for me, generous way as oh, I possibly can find a voice that is calmer than mine, which is why I have Heather as my partner, even though she's a she's a wild child. I'm actually tamer than she is. <laughs> I had that vibe when when we saw Heather in the Zoom. No, I feel like yeah. wild no, no, was no, no. wild child. She's, she's such a rock star. We complement each other as you guys do. There's different things that she we like to come at different. So we are better when we look at it because we engage a bigger piece of the pie. Okay. And that's why different points of view are so exciting, but where it has begun and where it's just starting to open up or flower, if you will, (laughs) is in the thought that, Hey, maybe Anne going down on a woman wasn't the question we should be continuing to ask. Maybe we should be talking about what love is. Yeah. And maybe we should be talking about what respect is. And maybe we should be talking about what truth is. And that is what happens when you consistently show up to David Letterman. I did him nine times and get fucking asked the same questions in a different way. However, I shaped a lot of those 
interviews with him because I knew that he was giving me the opportunity to do what he doesn't let women do because he doesn't respect many that have something to say when women do have, when I had something to say, David Letterman was the person who let me say it. So in that blessing, uh, sometimes of seeing less than the whole, I was also given a platform to really begin to work out what it was that I wanted to say and how I wanted to tackle the intimate understanding. I had that people had no idea what we were talking about when we were looking at love and looking at its presence as being a reality. I love being, I see you hundred percent. You can see me hundred percent too. That's all I talk about when I talk about love is e- it's equalization of others and beginning there. It's a reflection of values, you know, and you're seeing your values in the other person. And so there's nothing more equal than that. And, yeah. I, and I wonder if you find this too. I find it highly ironic. Uh, and I'm, I'm basically talking about the United States here just because I'm an American and I live here that sex is in 2021 still taboo, yet the public, for lack of a better word, eats that shit up all fucking day and wants to know who's fucking who, who's cheating on who, what's happened here. How much of that conversation that you're maybe single-handedly in a lot of ways trying to change, do you blame the public for wanting to know about you and Ellen obsessively? Like how much it is the misogyny of Hollywood and the patriarchy there? And how much is it of the actual public who's, buying the magazines when you get a paparazzi shot with you and Ellen back in the day. I mean, how much of that onus is really on us as a society? Well, a hundred percent. I mean, what we're, we're, we're consuming what we want. Uh, hopefully you, you get the chance to be absorbing. Hopefully there's enough information that what you're buying is giving you the information that you want to be able to absorb. That's our responsibility. Not our responsibility. Isn't how people are going to consume it. Our responsibility right. as speakers or as as truth tellers or, or seekers is to deposit. Heather gets so mad at me about this word. When we put down something right here, it has one pathway. If I put down love and truth, it's got one way to go. I'm only going to reach you guys, whether I'm going to reach you, whether when you're, when you're 15 and and looking at a magazine and you see Ann and Ellen on the cover of the sidewalk, (laughs) And go, ooh, that's a nice looking sidewalk because it's got some metal on it. <laughs> Either that's one way, but guess what that did for you guys? Now, I don't know if it had gone out into 20 outlets. I don't know if it wouldn't have been there. If people in Omaha, Nebraska would have seen it, but I can guarantee you now that I know because I'm old enough to be able to be able to be in conversations with you guys, I can guarantee that one of those covers hit one of those kids and went, yeah. wait, there's a what? To represent something in picture has become one of the greatest blessings of my life that people did want to consume that curiosity. Now, if I'm going to buy a magazine, I have the same, I have a choice to deposit who I am too. I want to pick up that magazine. I want to find out something about what it is that I'm curious about. And I'm going to go and I'm going to find it. I'm going to look into Anne. I'm going to find out what she's talking about. I'm going to have my own personality. I'm going to ask myself the questions. Wait, why would they treat her badly? Now that takes our own intent, filling an intent. Now that's a whole nother part of the pie, what our intent is, but devouring that and why I didn't understand it was such a big deal. I didn't understand that the impact of two women holding hands, which even Ellen didn't want to do, she was so afraid of it, would have the impact that it did. So 
every way that we can communicate. I say, well, I want to get, I want to take on all the mediums. Why do I take on dancing? Why do I take on singing? Why do I take, I take it on because I don't know where somebody's capacity to understand truth and love is going to come in. I don't know how they're going to connect with me, but I do know the more abilities I have to be able to communicate how it is that people can receive the better off I am as a teacher, as a listener, and as a provider of truth. So I'm going to run after there. I'm going to go fucking find out what it is to do the goddamn Foxtrot, because you know why? If somebody who wants to know the Foxtrot is watching Anne Hage and gets to listen to the fact that truth is our biggest and most powerful superpower and can arrive you at a place where you want to be in your life. And I get to represent what it is to stand and look like a person who is telling you what it is to live in love by fucking God, I'm going to do it. And if that ends up on the cover of us magazine, or if it ends up in the fucking LA times or ends up in your fucking mailbox, because I was trashed from Letterman two nights ago. I don't care. Yeah. That's right. part of what taking over what 20 years of progress. Once you become the receiver of what it is to be a, a voice of a generation of a concept of a conscious thought process that will hopefully help people. That's what you come to understand because it starts with pussy that ends with pussy. By the way, it's probably true. Amen. I need to get that <laughs> on her shirt. Hell, it starts with pussy yes. and, it and it ends with, with pussy. pussy. Amen. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, don't I know it? <laughs> yes, don't I know do. it? Okay. I have been uh, involved in that for a long time now. Uh, I am a seasoned vet in this. <laughs> yes, all right, Darren. Darren, Darren, relax. Relax. Okay, yeah. before, <laughs> before we get to our final game, I like, like, to get gay, I like to get gay girls to blush. Are you blushing? I know yeah. I am. Are you, are you just, are you just <laughs> smiling? You're definitely me? making me blush. This is by, <laughs> so she's only half blushing, but I'm full blush. Um, one final question, just in the arena of truth, uh, having looked back on your entire career as a mom at 50, is there anything that you regret? If so, what is that? And what would you have done differently in your career? I probably would have done it faster. I, I like, to say, <laughs> you know, what, what Heather and I are well, really what I wanted to do when I, when I talk about truth, which is a concept like love that has lived in the, you know, in the clouds for people, uh, you know, those things that we can't achieve, love, ah, it's out there. Somebody touch me with it or truth, same thing. Ah, what's that mean? It really is a very, it's a very simple concept of being a person who looks at others the way that you want to be looked at. You can go all the way back to a simple 0% negative effect, 0% judgment when we look at others. I think that would be the most establishing uh, foundation of my, my voice, my career, my intent, and sharing that purpose. Because what that does is bring you to your highest level of excellence. And excellence is a unique thing because we serve it as money now, but excellence is something that only you can understand in its relationship with yourself and yourself. And it doesn't look like it does to anybody else because it's your own. And understanding the privilege of that is really what I begin the philosophy of starting with your heart. It is the follow-up that I will do to call me crazy, getting on the other side of abuse, claiming your first name story and being in tune with you and you being the first stepping stone to the graciousness that the universe gives you to be able to see others. 
Could I have done that faster? Obviously not. But what I want to do is be able to help others do that. And I call it closing the gap between the pain and the play. Our ability here to be truthful about the pains that we have. Well, hi, I see somebody in the back. I see somebody in the back. Nadine, get out of here. Nadine is in the back. I do have a girlfriend. Kind of like human and 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 animal. A little (laughs) like trying to get out there, but the animal was holding a computer. Like I pet her, I treat her. Yeah, you know, like she begs. There's things that are very similar. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That. that would be my biggest goal and privilege now that I've taken this long to be able to, to be able to have a system that works uh, from the, from helping people out of the things that went in feeling bad and getting them to a point where they can feel good being themselves. That journey can happen faster than it did with me. But however, uh, to regret that time would be to tell the universe that I could have learned faster. And it has taken some time to understand how to be able to look at the whole pie and be able to communicate with people about what it is that their capacity is to embrace their own. And uh, so that took me, that took me some time to be able to do. And of course I'm still learning, but at this moment I'm on the path of really starting to hopefully engage with others about what it is to be able to stand with yourself and your dignity and what that is to give to others. Cause it really is a privilege that equals one plus one equals three. You plus me equals we. You plus me equals more. So let's be at the more door. Liz, I don't know about you, but I want to wake up with Anne and I want to go to bed with Anne. I just need like a sandwiched Anne day to feel really good about myself. That's all I'll say. Let's have a sandwich. An Anne-witch. An Anne-witch. Okay, that's the name of the episode. Done. Sandwich. Uh, yeah. not the title. A title's always good. as the Anne-witch. It's the end, which of course it has to be, uh, you know, we round out every single show and we really yeah. appreciate your time with That's a very fun, fun bullshitty, no kind of nonsensey kind of game called scissor me this. I'm, I'm sure I won't get it then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're too busy going down on women to get yeah, this game. I mean, trust really, me. Honestly, I've got some lined up outside. Yeah, no, I, I understand. What you can't um, see it's the lineup of women behind me. Yeah, oh, I see it uh, on the sidewalk, of course. That's so on weird. The Darren's background looks like your background now. And <laughs> yeah, Darren, right. Like my girlfriend's and your. She's like in apartment. the line. She's yeah. in the front. And that's really um, funny. Like she's. Yeah. <laughs> see, thank you, Anne. Liz, do you do you see the framing of Anne's background that it kind of looks a little bit Georgia O'Keeffe painting? Uh, it does a touch. Oh, I mean, whatever you're seeing, flowers. You're seeing pussy. That's all there is. Exactly. Yeah. I'm seeing pussy. Okay. We we shut that down for Georgia. (laughs) Well, we got a, uh, just a rapid fire. No, uh, not, you know, a nonsense thing. Liz, tee it up with your first question. All right. If you had to pick one show and one show only that you had to watch for the rest of your life, what would it be? Allie McBeal, Nip Tuck or Murphy Brown? Are those my choices? Yeah. You have to pick one. What? I'd watch your show. Can I take you guys on, on my Yeah, you can take us. Island? You can yep. definitely take sure, us, Anne. that's the answer. I, yes. I think that's a great answer, I uh, in fact. <laughs> All right, Anne, what's one movie role you saw and thought you would do a better job if you were the actor in? Everyone. That's also the answer. <laughs> the name of truth. The game is truth, and Anne is giving it to us. So this is a first, Anne, but I actually have a listener question from oh, yes. a listener named Tim, and I thought it was pretty Great funny. Great question. Okay. Great question. And Tim wants to know, 
Anne, were you annoyed with Pierce Brosnan when he released Dante's Peak in the same year that you starred in a basically the same movie, but called it Volcano? Oh, God. Listen, two competing Volcano movies is the stupidest thing in the world. Do you think Pierce and I had anything to do with it? It's like, oh, good. Let's compete over the dumbest idea and the dumbest idea. Okay, well, you do your thing. You hear about them when you're shooting. You're like, well, I've got lava pouring down on me, and I'm at the like Beverly Center on Beverly, and I've got more ash up my ass and my mouth. Oh, I wonder what Pierce Brosnan is doing in friggin' Hawaii. I wish I shot there. Oh yeah, yeah. You got I you mean, got the shittier you think location. About, like, why didn't I get to shoot there, and why would mine come out number one? And then I'd still be blamed for its failure. Like, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I should call Pierce. By the way, let's get him on the phone. You literally cannot win Um, because I'm a reality junkie and I like to know this stuff. Who was the worst person behind the scenes at Dancing with the Stars? Who was an absolute asshole? No, nobody's an asshole. And by the way, I wouldn't know because you have to be in pods. And that was the whole like thing. Like you walk around in a complete isolated, like, but Uh I'll tell you who was just the fucking best. And he was my trailer buddy, although I couldn't see him, but he was next door to me, basically meaning I could hear all of his rap music. (laughs) It was Nelly. Oh, really? yes. oh my and god, I that's love that great. He was sweet. I mean, I oh my god, that. he's so sweet. And I was the only one who was able to have a, a person come on because I told Dancing with the Stars, like, there's no fucking way I'm gonna do this alone. But everybody's yeah. in pods. So I had I was the only person who could have a person come on. So Heather was like my tag along. Everybody was so like confused by Heather having been there. They're like, what is that her business? I mean, what's going on? I don't know what they said behind closed doors. I'm sure they certainly thought it was my lover. And she's always like, don't tell people I'm your partner because that's just not true. I'm not. I'm like, oh, they're going to. Oh, wow. Well, and don't go down on her in public. And then we wouldn't have this issue. This is all your fault. What I'm saying about straight women. (laughs) (laughs) but we had this we had the most fun um with nelly heather just came up into the house and i just want to ask her heather was there any can you come say hi to these gorgeous girls because i know we're getting right please please meet my and i actually have a wait heather come in here because my last question is going to be for the both of you not perfect not my lover just you know why not well she'll start getting pale or something i gotta keep my options open you're gonna oh no your options yes god i love turning ann hache down to say i'm keeping my options open yeah i got i got that is big dick energy if i ever heard it it's been going on for like 12 years okay wait so this is my final scissor me this question Anne and Heather, you have a podcast together, better together. <laughs> Who is your dream guest for your podcast? Yes. Dolly Parton is hers. Oh. I want Trump. She wants Dolly Parton. You want Why Trump? do you say that? Because I want to talk to the motherfucker. Uh, yeah. I would love to watch Anne Hayes just totally Thank school you. Trump. Thank you. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have people on who just agree with me. Like, no, I want to take on, but that's, you know, yeah. whatever. Those are for whatever. Let's Could you imagine Trump. having Dolly and Trump together? <laughs> Yeah, they should. You should do a guest spot with both of them. Uh, Dolly can be in person. Dolly, like, can you imagine? Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, I hope Dolly comes on the show. And I also, even though Trump is the worst, I agree, Anne. I would love to watch you annihilate the shit (laughs) out of Trump on your show. Or listen. It's a dream. You guys are so terrific. I'm so glad to talk to you today. You guys are just so, uh, first of all, you're adorable. Don't, don't sue me, but you're, oh, uh, thank you. We're not going to sue you. Uh, when this is I'm putting that on my resume. Are you kidding? harassment from a podcast. That's Please sexually be- harass me. Please sexually harass me. Oh, we are consenting to this. Okay. That yes, should be known. Consent. We consent to this consent for sure. Consenting to, to the cuteness. 
Also, when this is all over and we or whenever it's over and it's safe, if we're not all having wine together at some point, I'm going to be fucking pissed. It is in the Georgia O'Keefe books. That is our yes. speciality. Yes. Wine. Yes. You guys are great. We'll do it. And I, we hope to have you on better together. You're just awesome. Uh, we well, love yes. you so much. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Anne. You guys are absolutely incredible. Thank have you so much. Thank you. you Everybody listen to Better Together with Anne and Heather. You can listen to Darren. Um, or you can listen. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I you can't. Can. I'm so, I'm so like. <laughs> I'm sweating. My girlfriend's sitting right next to me, me. And I sweating. am verklempt right now, as we um, say. Okay, uh, you with can. With Anne, but. <laughs> You can follow us. You can rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. I'm taking this one for you, Liz, okay. at SIAT Podcast. You can follow Liz at Listen to Liz. Uh, you can follow me at Carpe Darren. And uh, oh my God, Liz, I am like, my mouth hurts from smiling so much with this woman. She was. I, that was a ride that I that was, was <laughs> excited to be on. Yes. I don't think I've said pussy as much uh, in a podcast ever, which is kind of surprising for me. Sorry, mom, ahead of time. I apologize, but it's Anne H. Like, how can we go wrong with that? But yes, rate, review, subscribe. Whew. Okay. See you guys next week. <laughs> Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.